0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beard Zone podcast. My name is David. I am one of the hosts. You know this guy over here. Glenn, how are we doing today, sir?
1: Man, I'm feeling good. Football has started, and I'm just excited, man, overall.
0: Oh, yeah. Football is in full swing now. We're getting closer to um, the regular season starting. We're seeing, you know, all the hopes of every NFL, you know, fan base, um, you know, with how good their team looks, and right now, honestly, every team it seems like looks good. I mean, but that's just preseason for you. There's going to be highs. There's really not going to be a whole lot of lows. And when there are lows, you kind of take it with a grain of salt because, again, it's preseason. But with that being said, if there's the highs, you also have to take that with a grain of salt too because it's the preseason. And so you don't really know what team you're going to be facing. Like it was kind of crazy to think that like Anthony Richardson did not play a single snap in the game in the last preseason game where Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey played for, I want to say at least like a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half. So, I mean, each team kind of has their way of going about, you know, going through the preseason and, you know, doing what they need to do. But to have Patrick Mahomes, your franchise quarterback, By far, probably the face of the NFL right now Out there on the preseason game And he was in like week, like five form He was running out to the right And, you know, hitting Travis Kelsey in wide open spaces and stuff like that So it's just kind of wild to see But I mean, that's Andy Reid for you He's always kind of been, you know Hey, let's get our guys out there Let's get them, you know, back into the groove of things So, but um, yeah, I mean, hey Preseason, kind of take it as you will But we are right on the cusp of regular season And there's a lot to go over
1: Yes, man, so I don't know if everyone else saw the replay of Patrick Mahomes being like five yards out of bounds and still basically hitting his wide receiver. I mean, the (laughs) preseason's been insane, and and when we look at the NFC East, even Howell's looking fantastic. Again, again, preseason. So let's take that into account here. And I'm just, I'm very... There's been actually quite a few injuries though. And, you know, I remember us visiting this topic about the grass versus turf and the, the preseason being four, uh, four games turned into three and injuries are going to happen. And in the Bucks saw that with uh, Wolford taking, you know, a concussion protocol unseen or not unseen, but just undetermined right at the time. And, I'm not saying injuries in the preseason, they can make or break a team as we've seen before, but at the same time, it's part of the sport. It's part of the NFL. Um, I'm excited to kind of deep dive two divisions with you today, man.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Before we get into that, though. Um, If you guys like us, if you guys listen to us every single week, you know, we do put out an episode for you guys every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you guys like us, go ahead and uh, leave us a good review on whatever platform you are listening to us on and uh, go ahead and share with your family and friends Share it on your social media. Um, That is the best way to support us here. Um, And then you can also follow us on all of our social media platforms. Um, We're on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram, The Beard Zone Podcast. Um, And you should be able to find us if you go ahead and search that. But let's go ahead and let's get into it. Like you said, Glenn, we're going to go ahead and cover um, two of the uh, last divisions that we have not covered yet. We're going to kind of. You know squish it into this one episode so then that way we, when regular season comes around we can just talk about the games fantasy uh, week is going to be postponed to next week i know that we talked about that um, at the end of the last episode this is that episode is going to be now next week Theo you had some business trips that he had to go on so and um, you know next week is the biggest week of fantasy football draft so i think it kind of is gonna um, you know kind of line up pretty well so if you are a fantasy player we haven't forgotten about you. We're not going to push it off. It's just, you know, we just had to postpone it just a little bit. But stay tuned because we will have all of our, um, you know, fantasy uh, picks, I guess you can say, um, for you. So, but Glenn, let's go ahead and let's get into the NFC East. Um, I think me and you, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit offline um, a little bit earlier, kind of talking about this. And I think we can both agree that we see the Eagles winning this division. I don't think that there's really any team um, that's going to be able to compete with them. I think that they're still a very strong team. Jalen Hurts, you know, is definitely grown into a franchise quarterback. He has two weapons on the outside. And not only that, but they went ahead and they got DeAndre Swift, which I think is going to be a very um, useful back there in the backfield for them. Best offensive line in the in the league. Um and a very solid defense. Now, granted, they did lose a lot of their defensive players over this offseason. So it's kind of I'm I'm curious to see how that's how this defense is gonna, you know, hold up. Um, but I still think that, you know, um they're they're a good team and they're the team to be in the NFC East.
1: I mean, all, all I heard was the SEC turned into an NFL team. So, <laughs> and, <laughs> right. uh, as we've seen, NFC's East was pretty dominant this past year. Um, having three teams in the playoffs, I don't see that happening again. Absolutely see the Eagles taking the East and, and taking potentially the number one seed again um, just because of what they left off with and retained and gained. When you look at the Eagles, I just hate, oh my God, I hate saying this, but they can easily repeat to the Super Bowl. Their biggest hurdles would probably be San Francisco, um, Minnesota, or the Lions, um, or the Cowboys for some weird yeah. Or their own division eating them alive for some weird reason because there's usually chaos at some point in the middle of the season. But I still think Eagles are number one for NFC East. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Then from there, though, I don't see three teams making the playoffs.
0: Well, it's a coin flip. I mean, I I really think that it's a coin flip, you know, because you have you have the Dallas Cowboys who they always usually play their division pretty well, but then outside of their division, it's kind of like who are you going to get? I'm really curious to see what Dak Prescott does now that he doesn't have Kellen Moore. Um, I think that Kellen Moore didn't get enough credit for the kind of offense that he was running in Dallas for so many years. And I do I do contribute him being there to the majority of Dak Prescott's success. Um, so I'm curious to see what kind of Dak Prescott that we're going to get. He, he's he's always kind of like that middle-tier quarterback. He's never been like the most elite quarterback in the NFL, but at the same time, he's never been just absolute garbage. Like, you would take him, you know, and and, and put him on, you know, some teams that were in need of a quarterback, and he would be the starter. So he's always just kind of been that middle-of-the-pack kind of the pack guy, but he just doesn't seem outside of last year, you know, and then, of course, Cowboys fans, and I've already started hearing it. Well, Dak Prescott retired Tom Brady. Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Let's, no, he didn't retire Tom Brady. Tom Brady was going to retire anyway. It just so happened that, you know, the Bucs lost to the Cowboys. And let's be honest, the Bucs shouldn't have been in the playoffs last year. The only reason why we were, or they were, is because the NFC South was the weakest division by far last year and probably is coming into this year, outside of maybe the AFC South. But I am kind of curious to see, you know, what happens there. But you know we, we don't so we don't know what, what what Dallas Cowboys were gonna get this year, right? you kind of said it best usually in the middle of the year the AFC East is just kind of a wildfire and is just crazy you know I mean there's there's no it seems like they're always like in the hunt for first place until like the last two or three weeks of the, of the year. Um, but then on the flip side, One team that I am very interested to watch this year is the Washington Commanders. And there's a couple of reasons why one they have new ownership. And from, I mean, we all know Dan Snyder was kind of just a a piece of garbage, you know, that he wasn't a great human (laughs) being and he, he created a very toxic environment there from all the reports from inside and outside of that building the owners didn't like him in the NFL and you know none of the fans really liked him in Washington so now with the new ownership maybe there's you know maybe there's a little bit of uh, new energy in the building although did you see the, the 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 owner uh it was on the monday night um in the booth on monday night football for uh, the preseason game between the commanders and the ravens um where he, like, went to go and, like, shake um, Joe Buck's hand, and, like, Joe was, like, not going for a handshake. He was just putting his hand out because he talks with his hands, and he thought that he was asking for a handshake, and so it was, like, this really, like, awkward, like, hand grab. Did you see that at all?
1: No, man, I missed that.
0: Dude, really awkward. You should You should definitely try and pull up that video because – it, is, it was like, oh god, he was not going for a handshake. But you know, Joe Buck, you know, just kind of played it off. Troy Aikman had a good little laugh. Um, if you watch him during the clip, but um, but yeah. So I mean, it could be new energy in the building. Um, Ron Rivera is not a slouch of a coach by any means. He's a good coach. You know, let's not forget that he did take the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, so he he's a good head coach. I think he's a great leader. And then now we have Sam Howell. And again, it's preseason, but Sam Howell is looking pretty good. And he has weapons to, you know, compliment him. He has Terry McLaurin, which is arguably, you know, top what? Would you put him in the top five at receiver or probably at least the top ten? I think top ten would be fair.
1: Top ten, given everything that he's dealt with.
0: Yeah, so top ten, you know, and then, you know, you have um, Robinson in the backfield, which I think he's going to have a really good year this year. Um, def- decent defense, you know, you got Chase Young coming back from the injury, so there is that. So, you know, and outside of Chase Young, they already have a pretty solid defense. So let's not sleep on the Washington Commanders. You know, they, they, they could be kind of like a, a dark horse in this NFC playoff race, um, but that is, I mean, it's way too early to tell. But, I mean, that's what we're doing here. You know, these are, like, our way too early predictions. So, I actually have the Commanders still coming in last place, though, in the NFC East. Um, And then uh, I do have – so, I have the Eagles, the Giants, the Cowboys, and then the Commanders. The reason why I have the Giants in the second place is because I think Daniel Jones kind of proved to us last year. Now, granted, did he deserve his contract? No, I don't think he deserved that money. I think that they should have probably gave a little bit to Saquon. Um, and we'll see how that unfolds. But at the end of the day, I think Daniel Jones showed that he could be a good quarterback who could win a team game. And uh, you know, their their head coach, um uh, his name is um slipping me, but um their head coach. He's a he he's a solid head coach. He's a great leader. He kind of came in there with new energy last year and really kind of turned that franchise into a winning franchise again. Um so I do think that they can take the the, the second place there, and maybe um, you know sneak their way into the uh, wild card.
1: So, I think, oh man, the Commanders are probably going to sit at the bottom again, unless the Giants just implode. The Cowboys with a new offensive coordinator. And Mike McCarthy playing, offense plays. and I So this is the – I don't know why this is the hardest division for me to evaluate or to at least predict. I could just be right off the cuff and just go Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders just like last year. I think Commanders can come out and surprise a few people, but I don't think – they have the current outlook to come in third or second place. Like I said, unless there's some serious amount of injuries or the giants implode, I think there's a lot of momentum for the giants to take second. The Cowboys in every Stephen, a Smith or ESPN in general, or, you name the radio or TV or podcast, and they're going to say, oh, well, the Cowboys have something to prove. Well, they absolutely do. They're America's team, and they've sucked for the past two decades or more. So I think since the last the time 90s. I want to... Let's just be the, honest.
0: They really haven't been good since the 90s.
1: The last time they won the Super Bowl I was in elementary school. So there's that. There they've been They've been in the playoffs. They've been relevant. They've had good quarterbacks. They have excellent running backs. They've had excellent... Defenses, wide receivers, all this stuff. You have all the money in the world, uh, but you can't finish. And I think that's the name of the game. You got to make it to the Super Bowl. And there was a, yeah. a segment on ESPN, I think it was First Take or something like that. And they said, What's Dak Prescott's level of success mean? Does it mean Super Bowl or bust? Does it mean NFC Championship or bust? Does it mean just make the playoffs? Um, and I don't think this is necessarily a Dak Prescott conversation, but he's absolutely in the mix for potentially moving on to a different team. But I also think you, they got to take a look at the, a different GM other than some, you know, skeleton with money. Um, shout out Jerry Jones. Uh, (laughs) shout out. Yeah. Right. Um, we're gonna canceled for that. So, um, the, uh, I don't care. So the, the Dallas Cowboys, for them to be successful, have to make it to the NFC Championship game. To me. yeah, They don't necessarily have to win it, but they have to get there and look good and then potentially hold tight and not get blown out. The, the road to that NFC Championship game does have a lot of speed bumps or flat-out walls in the way for the Cowboys. Um, if they maintain the same play that they had from the playoffs into the regular season. I can easily see the giants flopping into second and the Cowboys dropping to third. Um But my gut's telling me stay with last season as Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and then commanders in that order.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, again, it's Eagles and then just kind of do a coin flip after that, because there are a lot of question marks on every other team. It's kind of like what we touched on right now. You know, what kind of Dak Prescott are we going to get? What kind of Sam Howell are we going to get? What kind of Daniel Jones are we going to get? You know, it all revolves around the quarterback play. And I think that the one thing that we're not questioning is what kind of play are we going to get out of Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts kind of proved to us all last year. Um, that he's he's legit you know he's a great quarterback he's a great leader he has the team bought in and you know out of all the head coaches Nick Sirianni is looking really good <laughs> you know so I mean um I think it's definitely their division to lose I don't see man I don't even really see them like Scraping by, I see them going into first place in that division by probably like two or three games. Oh, um, and I, I
1: think so too, man. Like, th- there's no way the Eagles tank at all. Yeah. Now, now the only yeah, thing is they have an, the, a ton of injury,
0: right? It, it, it could, it, there there could be injuries that, that could come into play, but then there also could be, you know, like, like I said, they did. They did get rid of a lot of their defensive players, but then they added in defensive players. Basically, if you wore a Georgia Bulldog within the last, you know, jersey within the last couple of years, you're Philadelphia Eagle at this point. Um, I mean, I think that that's their whole, like, recruiting tactic. You know, hey, did he play for Georgia? All right, go ahead and draft him. You know, like
1: they just call Kirby Smart and they're like, hey, um, just send him our way.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just, hey, one-way ticket. We got you, you know, whatever, whatever it is, we will take care of you. So, but it depends on the defensive play. I don't think that the offense is going to struggle because you have Jalen hurts. Now, again, barring any injury, which, you know, God forbid that happens because we all saw what happened last year in the NFC championship game when the quarterback goes down and the the next quarterback goes down and you're without a quarterback. And that was not a fun game to watch, Um, especially with, you know, the what was at stake? You know, I mean, it, it kind of sucked to see, or, um, you know, 49ers to go out like that. But at the end of the day, Philadelphia, you know, got to the Super Bowl, competed in the, in, in the Super Bowl against um, the best team in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, honestly, just maybe a couple of plays, you know, would have, would have changed the outcome of that game. So, but it is a coin flip, you know, outside of the Eagles for me. Um. Yeah, I really don't see too much of a competition Speaking of coin flips, though Let's go ahead and flip our way over to the NFC North Because I feel like that entire division now is up for grabs Yes, Minnesota has been the reigning uh, champs I believe the last two seasons, if I'm not mistaken um, You know, and they've just kind of been in the pack But now Aaron Rodgers is not there So the division holds Kirk Cousins, Jordan Love, Jared Goff And then Justin Fields Justin Fields obviously is the quarterback I feel like who has the most to prove. Um, I feel like there's this, I feel like there's this expectation of Jordan love to just like come in and just be good because he's a, he's a green Bay Packer quarterback. Now he has a good again during the preseason and he's looked good. Right. So, and it seems like the team likes him. He seems like, you know, he's, he's gonna, you know, fit in well and take over the reins, you know, and and do what he needs to do for, uh, to be an, a successful NFL quarterback, and I feel like that they, there's that just that expectation because for the past what three decades, the, the 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 Packers have had a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, between Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers. Now with Jordan Love again, there's some question marks around him, but it just kind of feels like there's an expectation. Am I? do you feel that sense too, or do you feel like, you know, maybe it's just the media trying to hype him up or just kind of trying to play along with it? I don't know. For me, I feel like there's this expectation that he's just going to be a good quarterback, which he could be. He very well could be. I'm not saying that he's not, but.
1: So like Theo ranted last week about the Patriots not being able to complain in the slightest, I would argue that the Packers are in the same, same thing. Um, if you look at who they've had for the past two decades as a quarterback in two Super Bowls, I wouldn't say that's like dynasty material like the the Patriots, but I would argue they don't have any room to complain. Jordan Love may suck this year, or he might come out and prove everyone wrong, and you never know how that's going to play out. But I think what we could agree on is the NFC North probably has the lowest talent gap. So like the bears have a pretty decent roster and they could probably shake a lot of things up. You can have the lions or the Vikings easily go one and two or flip and flop or just annihilate everybody. You have the Packers who are kind of your wild card in a way. Um, they lost some people, they gained some new talent, they have a new quarterback uh to kind of test out, but you still have Matt LaFleur as the coach and it's the Packers. Like you can't ever count the Packers out of the playoff contention. Counting them out would be like
0: I don't even know. But well, we said the same thing about the Patriots, right? When they lost Tom Brady, we said the same thing about the Patriots. You can't count out the Patriots because they still have Bill Belichick and they still have a lot of, you know, weop- you know pieces of the puzzle there, um, you know, which is kind of the same thing. Now, the only difference is that, you know, I feel like the the Patriots would have, you know, still been a playoff team if they would have hung on to Jimmy Garoppolo. But because they had to go out and draft Mac Jones and he never even got the chance to sit behind Tom Brady, he was just kind of thrown into the, the fire. You know, Jordan Love has now been able to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for the last three seasons. He's been able to see the way that he commands the locker room. He is able to see the way that he approaches the game. He was able to take his time, which a lot of young quarterbacks don't get that opportunity. Look no, at all the don't. quarterbacks now: Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. People are expecting these guys to come out of the gate and win for their team right away. And if there's not, heads are gonna roll. Jordan Love, on the other hand, was has been able to come under same head coach all all see you know all all three seasons. Now he's entering into his fourth year, and. He was able to sit behind one of the best quarterbacks to ever grace the football field in Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, look at look at what Zach Wilson is doing now with the New York Jets. Zach Wilson has almost like come alive. It's almost like the pressure is off of him. And because the pressure is off of him, and he's able to see how he can how he should approach being a quarterback in the NFL and how to take leadership, it feels like that the Jets are kind of now surrounding him and supporting him. But that's all because of Aaron Rodgers. That's because he's been able to look at Aaron Rodgers and been like, hey, this is what I should be doing. And Jordan Love got that opportunity for the last three seasons. He was able to be in those meetings. He was able to be at those practices. He was able to be on the sideline and he, and and be next to Aaron and just kind of see how he operates even throughout the game see how he makes different adjustments see how he goes through his cadences see how he reads the defense he was able to do all of that and if he was a student of the game we should see Jordan Love come right in and win 9 to 10 games for the Packers this year that should be the expectation and i feel like that, that is the expectation but is that a fair expectation to have for Jordan Love? For me, no. Give him a year. If he sucks this year, give him another year. Don't don't count him out. You have a young talented roster around, you know, around. You have great wide receivers, you have a great running back duo. You know, you have a defense that is being built pretty decently. And you have a young head coach that wins football games give Jordan I mean that's why street. I said
1: don't count them out right like it, it, historically when have the packers been subpar I, I i would have to seriously google that to understand i think when in the, and how. i
0: think in like the early what two- the 80s no i want to say like wasn't it like the early 2000s the packers kind of sucked
1: Maybe Brett Favre's first year, but outside of that, I mean, it can say the same for John Elway, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning. It, it like the list goes on and on for great quarterbacks. But I think it'd be really hard to find when the Packers were considered bottom tier in the NFL. It'd be really hard. That's why I think they are the wild card for the the NFC North. The the I don't even know where I want to start because you got the Vikings who have Kirk cousins. Who's probably the most consistent person outside of Thursday night games, which doesn't make any sense because after watching that Netflix thing and kind of digging into the stats and everything, I know it's kind of a running joke, but he's still won games in prime time. It's just his competition showed out a little bit more when he lost. Um, the Vikings have a very solid team in general. The Lions are the up-and-coming hot runners. Which, <sighs> shout out to the Detroit fans, but uh, you guys have had a rough going, and you guys have always yeah. had some form of elite talent, and you just fall short. But we love you. <clears throat> I don't think there's a person who doesn't like the Lions, but
0: um, I don't think that there's a person out there that doesn't like Dan Campbell.
1: That's uh, also you got an excellent coach, coach, and it's just. Man, uh, the Vikings and the Lions will uh, prove that this division is a front runner in the NFC outside of the Eagles. Yeah. Um, the Packers will hopefully shed some light on the future of Jordan Love or the organization in general because they all seem to be getting behind that central concept of the, uh, this is the future, right? You have young broad receiver core, got solid running backs, you got a young quarterback who can sling it, and there's hope. Uh, their defense is always somehow shown up in like weird times where it's like, Oh, the Packers defense is not in the top 10 this year. And then all of a sudden they shut out the best team in the NFL. And you're like, wait a second, what just happened? Um, but the bears, there's so much hype behind Justin Fields and what they've brought into there with DJ Moore, And I can't remember which running back they took in. Um, the Bears, I think, have the most to prove. They're kind of designed like the Baltimore Ravens in that they have a running quarterback that can absolutely chuck the ball the length of the field. Everyone forgets Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields can just sling it. And Justin Fields was spectacular at Ohio State. I not want to throw up now. Um, but I think if the Bears come out strong and they finish like eight and nine... Or I don't think those numbers are right, but for 17 games, but uh, the like if they come into a double digit win for the Bears, I think they end up being like the NFC East of last year.
0: Yeah, we could really see three teams from the NFC North go into the playoffs. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at it at all. You know, actually, I could see a winning record in the entire NFC North, you know, because is Best that even Fields, mathematically possible? Honestly, I don't know
1: if you're listening to this podcast and you can prove the statistical analysis behind all four teams in a division winning or having a winning record. Please let us know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that the, I know that all four can't go to the playoffs, but I don't know if they could all win. I don't know. Yeah, let us know if you know that because I'm not about to sit here and do the math for that. But <laughs> Justin Fields looked great all last year. He was the I mean, he, he played really, really well last year. And now you just add more weapons with DJ Moore out there. Um, you, you're kind of shaky at the running back. I think their starting running back is Khalil Herbert. Um, so really don't know what you have in him. But I mean, I guess time will tell um you know defense again not the best not the worst um definitely could get better obviously losing uh roquan smith um i believe it was last year that they
1: that was a big hit to them i know he's kind of up there in age for like a linebacker but still he was he was the head of that defense
0: oh yeah for sure and so losing him obviously was a big hit um so you know there there are some pieces that they still need to fill but I don't. It, it, it wouldn't be weird for me. Like I want to be in shock. Like, oh wow, the Bears won. You know, nine or ten games this year. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, Justin Fields had a pretty, a pretty good year. I don't see that happening. The Lions. Let's even go to the Lions. They, they, You know, we made fun of their draft picks, but if you look at all of their drafts from this last season, they make or sense. From this last draft, it makes sense, and they are plug and play from day one all those guys that they drafted are plug and play players on, f- from the get go they can go out there and they can play and so it's like they're they're building uh, a new sort of you know just franchise there in Detroit you know dan campbell i like dan campbell as much as he is you know a meme creation you know for all of the media platforms out there and for content creators out there dan campbell i believe has has the respect of that locker room and i think that players believe in him. you know they got jameer gibbs in the backfield everyone was just like oh they traded away deandre swift yeah but they got jameer gibbs which is basically a deandre younger... swift 2.0 yeah i was about to say <laughs> a younger DeAndre swift so you know, Jared Goff has been playing well. Let's not forget that Jared Goff has gone to the Super Bowl before. You know, what he led th-
1: you don't say?
0: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know, so. Rams but I mean, yeah, exactly. So there's there's so much potential in every single team. And then, of course, you have the Minnesota Vikings, who are the top dogs. They have a solid defense. They have great weapons. And Kirk Cousins is a winning quarterback in the NFL, not in prime time but every other every other time you know of the day he can win you a football game. And so you look at that division and you go, you can argue for every team in that division and you can make a very valid argument that is not a crazy argument that they could win that division for any of the teams. Now I think having the Chicago Bears win that division is a little bit of a stretch, but, I bet you you can make an argument. I bet I, I really, really do think that you can make an argument for each team in that division. It's just so wide open and that's what makes it exciting. You know, Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers makes you, you look at this division now and you're like, huh? It's kind of like what happened when Tom Brady left new England. When Tom well, that's Brady what I left was saying,
1: England. man, like yeah. they had the lowest gap or the tightest gap in right talent. So you could look at the Lions versus the Vikings versus the Packers. I think the Bears are the furthest from those three as far as talent to output. But I don't think the Bears are far off or power-wise away from the average in the NFC. So you have young quarterback, young running backs. You have a talented wide receiver core, at least from a outlook perspective right they don't have anything super elite dj Moore did way more with less and justin fields is coming off an injury i know it's kind of 50 50 or whatever Uh, i haven't really deep dived him too much but if you look at the quarterbacks you look at the running backs you look at the wide receivers look at the overall defense analysis the nfc north is the tightest in as far as competition like yeah. you said, I don't think I, I don't think the Bears take number one. Um, but with the right scenarios, injuries, or you know, streaks or whatever, it's possible.
0: Yeah, it is possible, and I mean, we can't count them out. Everyone wanted to count out Detroit last year, right? And then they went on what like an eight-game winning streak there in the middle of the year. Where it was like, where they, is this? They
1: finished from? with like I think seven to eight games of winning.
0: Yeah, you know, and they also prevented the Green Bay Packers from going into the playoffs
1: for the first time in probably twenty years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or ever. At that point, I do have yeah. a question for you, though. Speaking of the Detroit Lions, they drafted Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker was a quarterback that I was watching for, I was hoping that Tampa Bay would look at him in like the third or fourth round lions ended up picking him up. You're a college guy. Isn't Hendon hooker like a, a pretty solid quarterback. Wasn't he a solid quarterback and what he come from Tennessee.
1: No, he absolutely was. He was uh, up for the Heisman in the, the contention. And at one point was a front runner. He has a pretty solid, and I, I when I let me correct myself. He has an excellent accuracy percentage, touchdown to interception ratio. He has good feet. Um, they say he's more of like a vertical thrower, but he is flexible and can make the tough throws. Uh, just the defense, or not the defense, but the offense that he had with Josh Heupel in Tennessee is way more vertical. Um, there are the quick throws to the outsides, but it's not as frequent as I think most people want to see. And then he can absolutely run the ball. So if you want to take a slightly older Justin Fields, for instance, and drop him in, or I think they're around the same age actually now, but they said he was a little bit older on the spectrum. He's not like Stetson Bennett old, but he's still up there. Uh, Jarrett Goff gets injured. I think Hendon Hooker comes in without a skipping a beat. It, it's like watching the Browns right now with uh, Dorian Thompson coming in and just, just lighting up the field in preseason. It's just a phenomenon that I don't think the league is ready for right now. Having multiple throwing and running back or running quarterbacks on the field at the same time. It's like watching Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields play at their highest moments. Like Hendon Hooker to me, I thought was higher than Will Levis and no one gave him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he was first round, but I would still would have taken him high second round, even really? given his injury. Yeah. Hmm. So, so people are going to say I'm insane, but well, whatever,
0: it'll be all right. So, actually, Hooker and Bennett are the same age; they're both twenty five.
1: Well, I thought Stetson Bennett was somewhere near the age of Matt Stafford, but I might have been wrong. Sorry, Theo. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> No, no, no. But Dang. like Stinson Bennett's even having a solid, you know, preseason. And Hannon Hooker, um I have to take a look at him one more time, uh, with his production after his injury, but he was putting Tennessee back on the map like Peyton Manning was. To put that into perspective.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, I watched a couple of games, you know, with with him playing, and he looked good. He did, man. He looked good. And like when when you just look at him, he he's built like a quarterback. He's a big he's a big solid dude. He has the athleticism of the new age quarterback, and he can still sling the ball. You know, and that's why I was hoping that you know Tampa would look at him because I was thinking that like, hey, I mean, we are in the you know we were in the market for a quarterback. But oh, um, we went
1: with Baker Mayfield.
0: Well, and he got he got named the starter today. Actually, it only
1: took us you know fourteen thousand weeks to do that.
0: Well. I think, honestly, I th- it, let's just be real. I think that that was more of like a PR move by Tampa. I think that they knew that they were gonna that he that Baker was gonna be the guy.
1: Well, to get um, people to look at the organization again. Oh, look, we have the most boring competition for oh, quarterbacks.
0: Geez. I mean, that is, and- you're not wrong with that statement. You're not wrong with that statement. But I stand on last week's rant. I stand <laughs> on. It. And I will continue well, to stand on it.
1: Trask looked pretty decent in Game Two, right? But, but again, I know, I know, his his he's very fifty season. fifty to me. Trask has. I don't even want to. Talk, I don't even know if I can talk about his potential ceiling. I, I don't even know if I've. I have the mental capacity to even deep dive that right now. But at the same token, Baker has. Started in the NFL for multiple teams. He has shown that he can make the plays. However, he makes some pretty high risk at the same time. The one thing he has over Trask is undoubtedly experience. Trask, I think, will get a chance at starting this season if, big if, Baker tanks. And it's not just the defense somehow loses the game. It's he throws way too many interceptions, fumbles, or he just miss. like he's playing horrible for a stretch of games. I don't know if it's the first four, or first five. Um, I would like to see the Bucks kind of stick it out through at least half the season because I think it's more of Todd Bowles is really not a good coach. He's not a good offensive coach. He can design the world's best defense. I think we've already understood that. Um, and I know we've kind of detracted from the NFC East and North conversations, but you, you got two Bucks guys on here, right? So Trask only gets the win. We're naturally going to fall back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Trask only gets the call to start if Baker either tanks or just shows outrageous inconsistency because he has the talent, he has the arm, he has the legs. He just cannot turn the ball over. And he has to be able to hit the wide receivers with a crisp throw,
0: yeah. And like, and
1: he's displayed. Well, that in I think the past. I
0: think Baker, I think Baker will be bench if if the head of Todd Bowles is being asked for. You know, if like they're not doing very well, because you got to think, man, Tampa has been on a high for the last three years. Even though last year wasn't the best, it was still a high. Yeah. You know, and so we're not used to that. And now the city of Tampa Bay, as far as like their sports. It seems like we're just winning right now. The Lightning, the Rays, you know, the Bucks. Like we've just been winning we, we we've been solid teams for the it's last because
1: it's Champa Bay, baby.
0: It's Champa Bay. Exactly. So, you know, you wanna I think that, you know, if 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 they start out <clears throat> let's say if they start out like two and five or something like that. Oof. You know, it might start getting pretty loud for Todd Bowles' head. And so usually when that happens is the starting quarterback thing gets benched for, you know, the, the other See, guy. I'm you know,
1: the, the head coach, and I don't think the head coach wants to go. Right, but it's, exactly. But is Todd so it's, Bowles going to sit on the sideline, you know, stone-faced again when we're down by 30 points?
0: That was the most infuriating it. thing last year. There oh was my God. no Bruce, emotion. Bruce
1: Arians from. would have had a stroke on the field before that happened.
0: There was no emotion from him last year, and I think I even had a rant about it last season oh, where I was just like, can we please just have some sort of reaction? Hey, speaking of the NFC South, we're just going to stay here for just a, a hot minute really quick. Um, your offensive rookie of the year prediction, my friend, is still sitting at third string. And the running back department for the Atlanta Falcons. What's all? What's that all about,
1: dude? I don't know, man.
0: I, I, <laughs> I, I have to,
1: you know. What's let that? me call. Let me call the Falcons after this episode, <laughs> and I think he, talent-wise, he's.
0: There's no up. way that he doesn't start, though, right?
1: That's my thought. And if he doesn't start, the I still think it's a running back rookie of the year. I, it's either him or Gibbs to me to be honest with you. Did he
0: get did he have an injury coming into the season?
1: Which one? Are you talking about Robinson or Yeah, Bijan. I don't recall him having an injury.
0: Neither do I. I was just curious because I I couldn't remember, but I didn't know. So because know maybe that maybe Aldire. maybe that that was the reason, maybe that's the reason why they're on, that he's on third string because they don't want to give him as many reps. They kind of want to heal him up.
1: Yeah, but so I mean, this kind of goes to the point of evaluations during preseason, right? Are they just shuffling the roster to confuse people of who's going to be starting and who's not? Because they can't fake that Desmond Rizzer isn't the starter.
0: That to me, I've never made any sense of that. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to start a player, right, by, by season, by week one, by week two, everyone knows the roster at that point. So... Why try and like, ooh, we're gonna confuse the people with our roster mix up? It's like okay, you're gonna confuse maybe the first team that you play. Maybe right. but if I but but if I'm a if, if I'm an NFL head coach and I'm looking at the Atlanta Falcons and I see that their draft pick is sitting at number th- three on the depth chart, I'm probably going, uh dude. I'm still gonna play. How for is him. he
1: third on the depth chart? I'm looking at ESPN I right now. And I mean, I right don't know. now.
0: And I don't know.
1: Number one, you have Robinson, then Allgaier, Allgaier, sorry. Then Patterson, which is listed as questionable because I think if his it was his uh, late ankle injury in the season. And then you have Carlos Washington Jr., which I have no idea who that person is. So if you have four running backs, which Cordell Patterson's technically a hybrid. So you have three running backs. One is a complete no-name, which we've seen how that works out sometimes with Pacheco, shout out. Then you have Allgaier, who was your number one last year. But you just took the number one offensive prospect, arguably, in Robinson, who's supposed to be the next Barkley or Peterson or name a running back. He's supposed to be like the guy. And... You don't just do that without putting him in a starting position. So I'm looking at ESPN right now, and he's Numero Uno, Spanish for you. That's number one, Dave. Um, so I, I still stick by Robinson making Rookie of the Year. I hope you. I hope you like his jersey.
0: Well, I, I'm not going to <laughs> because he's an Atlanta Falcon. So. Well, okay, well, just yesterday, he was number three on the on the string, on the, on the depth chart, so.
1: Maybe Arthur's sitting there going, you know what? I'm going to tell ESPN or the NFL, here's my depth chart today. Here's my depth chart tomorrow. Here's my depth chart in the afternoon. Here's my depth chart in the morning. Take a, you know, roll the dice, baby.
0: <laughs> on Tuesday, it'll be Robinson. On Wednesday, it'll be Patterson, though. And then Desmond <laughs> just...
1: Ritter will be the kicker on Saturday
0: boom <laughs>
1: <laughs> right like
0: is that long snapper at slot receiver right now what is going <laughs> on <laughs> just...
1: yeah and, and and that just it kind of goes to the previous comments and and a lot of analysts and i'm sure our our listeners too it's like we watch these these coaches and the players go through the training camps and the preseason and i think we all know who's going to start and who's not and then you got like the wild card people that just don't give you anything. They'd pull the bill Belichick in press conferences. Like he did so well, but we never know. Or, you know, we could have played better. Dude, you won by 40 points. We could have done better. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're always going to have that. But I think what we see, um, I think with the bucks and the Falcons is they got to come out, both of them. I think equally, they have to come out and play like a team. I know that kind of goes without saying, but like Baker and Todd Bowles are going to sit there and go, are we going to do this as a team or we're we going to sit there and start pointing fingers? The Falcons are the same way last year. It was like, Oh, is it Arthur? Or is it, you know, Marcus Mariota? And then they made the cut with Mari- Mariota. And then they just said, Hey, we're going to have to go with Desmond Ritter. So, and I think for the running backs for the, the Falcons is undoubtedly Robinson. That's like, if you went to the Bucks, like who's our running back? Are you serious? Based on the production of last year alone, that is not even a contest unless he shatters his leg or something. But the Bucks have Rashad White. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So if you look like like back to the MC North, if Kirk Cousins gets injured, they have a serious problem. Look at I mean If you really want to deep dive some like who's okay. I take that back. They have a better backup than last year. It's Jaron Hall from BYU. He's actually not that bad, Um, but he has no experience. The wide receiver core for the Vikings, if we can just take a second
0: here. They got they got some weapons,
1: dude. I don't even know if it's fair. Like, my God. Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison was the pickup. You got what was the guy from last year? Oh God. I can't remember.
0: KJ Osborne.
1: Yeah, Osborne, super consistent guy. And then don't forget rip. that they
0: got Hawkinson. I know he's a tight end, but
1: But he's he's like uh a long haired Kelsey. Yeah. And their defense is still pretty solid. Their running backs. You know, you got Madison. He's super consistent. He kind of reminds me of um, Stephen Jackson for some weird reason or like a, a younger D'Angelo Williams. Um, little shifty, but will absolutely run you over. Um They still got a solid defense, dude. Uh, The Vikings, I think, are still number one. Lions are very close because of their defensive play. Um, Man.
0: Lions defense, though, sucks, man. You sure? They were horrible last year.
1: I mean, last year?
0: They gave up like 100 points a game.
1: No, they did well. I mean, the first half of the season they did.
0: No, right? Okay, you're you're right. But okay, so I have Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears.
1: Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Am I? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears.
0: Yeah, that's who I have in that order.
1: Ugh. Um. You know and I and I told you before this I had to do my homework and my homework says to stick with you but um I can't something tells me I can't
0: I, I, I cuz I'm always it. wrong and you're always white right <laughs> <laughs> You're always white <laughs> Oh my Whoops.
1: god Oh that's classic Um so Clip that. <laughs> right, yeah. Edit that part. So <laughs> so you got, man, you know what? I'm just going to do it. You got the Detroit Lions winning the NFC North.
0: Dude.
1: <laughs> so Lions, Vikings, Packers, Bears. So I wow. stick with the three and four, and I swap your one and two. And, and something tells me the Lions are taking number one.
0: That, I, I mean, still think they I fight would it not out be them. mad, though. I would not be mad. No. I would love to see the Lions win. I am that in no way, wild. shape, or form a Lions fan. But if they were to win the Super Bowl, I think I would be one of the happiest people. I don't, I, think just, the, I don't think the city of
1: Detroit would be able to understand what just happened.
0: Probably not.
1: They've won basketball. They've won hockey. They've won a World Series before.
0: They've never won a Lombardi,
1: a Lombardi, let alone an NFC championship. Could
0: you imagine that parade? The entire uh-huh. the entire state of Michigan, I feel like, would just shut down.
1: It probably would. It would shut down. That would be the most ridiculous thing in the world.
0: They would be. It would be an absolute just. I mean, that would be crazy
1: if they did. They would become America's team. Oh my! Cowboys gosh. step aside.
0: I don't think anyone is, else is going to be able to take that trademark from Jerry Jones.
1: Has he actually trademarked it, or was it was? I think right? so.
0: So I think that there is a story. Okay, here we go. Fun fact. Um, so <laughs> I think that there is a story where back in you know back when the NFL um, was not necessarily new, but starting to really build like. Great popularity within the United States I think that like The commissioner at the time or the NFL board Or whoever it was The powers you know that that Were um, in the NFL Back in the day they actually Went originally To the Pittsburgh Steelers And they were like hey You guys are You guys are good You guys are you know you guys are loved You guys you know kind of Embody Um, you know, America with your toughness and everything else like that. We want you guys to be America's team. And the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers were like, no, we're Pittsburgh. We're, you know, this is who we are. We are, we are the blue collar, hardworking, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, people. And we're not going to endorse all of America. We're going to endorse the city of Pittsburgh. So and endorsing so
1: America's cowboy hats, Spurs and a and a horse,
0: I guess so. So because that's when Jerry Jones Don't swooped in and was the like,
1: "Come watch the Cowboys."
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, so there there used to be this old saying where, you know, like cuz the old cowboy stadium, you know, the 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 roof was like a retractable roof. It was like you know it could either close or open, and yeah. then there was there was a scene where like the the roof would be open on Sundays for God to watch the Dallas Cowboys play football. And it's like geez, you know. So, but yes, then they Jerry Jones came in, saw the marketing behind it, and was just like, "We're gonna be we're gonna be the America's team," and now because of that, we have to listen to it's our year every single year. So, man, Scooter Magruder
1: just hits that right on the head. With a Cowboys fan base.
0: I I don't know who that is, to be honest with you. You got to look him
1: up. And anyone who hasn't seen him listening to this podcast, you just got to type in Scooter Magruder and then Cowboys. And you're oh. not going to be disappointed at all.
0: I will definitely do my research, as should you. Glenn, it was a great episode, <laughs> man. It was a great episode. Yes, I was. think that that's where we should end. I think we should end on that note. You know, we gave a little bit of fun fact. We gave, we gave the people our predictions. Of course, we talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, I mean, that's what's just going to happen. And, uh, yeah, you know, but Vikings, you got the Lions winning, though, man. I kind of like yeah. that pick. I do like that pick. I'm not going to lie. But I'm going to stick with my... Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Vikings. I'm going to stick with the Vikings. Okay. So... But that, that does it for our breakdowns of the divisions. If you haven't heard them all, go back the last several episodes. We've been breaking down each division each week, um, so go back and listen to it. If you haven't if you haven't heard them, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify. Um, and uh, next week, though, mark it on your calendars. We are not gonna. We are. It's it's fantasy football. The It's it's the season for it So mark it on your calendars Next Thursday 11am Eastern Standard Time We will be coming out and we will be giving you All of our sleepers to pick To look out for in your fantasy draft All the people to avoid And all the people to definitely have um, You know on your board So Theo is our fantasy guy He will be back with us next week Theo we definitely missed you this week We hope you have safe travels Um, on your business trip this week, so but we will be, yeah. It's it's never the same. It's never the same, and he always keeps us on track. You know, gotta
1: keep that trio.
0: Yeah, the three, the three of us. You know, so but um, but yeah. So next week we will be here to give you all the fantasy updates. We definitely appreciate you guys listening. If you guys, like I said in the beginning, if you guys love us, if you guys, you know, rock with us, support us. The best way to support us. Give us a good review on whatever platform. Share with your loved ones. Share with your friends. Share with your coworkers. Even share with your enemies. You know, because sometimes it's, it's just the right thing to do. So, but share with everyone that you know. If you want, feel free to, you know, share links on um, your social medias. Follow us on all of our social medias the beard zone podcast. That's where you can find us. And then if you have any questions or talking points that you want us to, to, uh, to hit on, go ahead and send us an email at the beard zone um, podcast at gmail.com. That's again, the beard zone podcast at gmail.com. You can go ahead and send us your emails there. Glenn, before we exit this week, you have anything else to say to the people out there?
1: No, nah, man, just uh, give us a share, give us a like, Talk about us. You know, word of mouth goes pretty far. And that's real about it, man. Thank you for everyone listening.
0: We appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Beard zone out.